0: mercy and peace be to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ though sorrow need or death be mine I shall not be forsaken remember those words today you cannot serve both God and money why because it is impossible it doesn't just have a high unsuccess rate it has a 100% failure rate. It is not within the ability of man to serve both God and wealth. The word most commonly translated there as money is the word mammon. Mammon is everything in life. It's your food, it's your drink, your clothing, your shoes, house, home, land, animals, money, goods, a spouse, children, job leisure. It's everything. It's everything we have in this life. And God says, if you serve this, you cannot at the same time serve me. It doesn't work. It is impossible. Jesus says the one who tries will end up hating one and loving the other. Or being devoted to one and despising the other. Now for those of you with a lot of common sense and ability to read, you will know what Jesus is talking about. You will come to hate God and love mammon. You will come to despise God and be devoted to mammon. Now at about this point in the sermon... It doesn't matter what church you're in, where you're at in the country, where you're at in the world, because this is a worldly problem. At about this point in the sermon, God's people turn to him and say, God, I'm different. I can do it. Watch me. Just a little bit. And it usually happens in just about every pastor's sermon that this is the part where he gets all clammy hand and scared to say what the Lord says. That Christians should make every possible attempt to be in the Lord's house every Lord's day. Why do pastors get so worried about saying that? Why why is that so hard as Christians? I mean, we you know, when we just confessed our sins and and we said that we are heartily sorry for all the ways that we've offended God. I mean, are we embarrassed? To think about the way that God is offended? I mean, are we so embarrassed as to, to not recognize that it is offensive to not come to the place where God says, this is where I am to feed you, and I have a meal, and it's all ready, everything is prepared, and then, you know, the invitation goes out, and then what happens? So oh, I'm i not going to come. I don't want to be there this day. I got something more important to do. And pastors get so worked up about this. In fact, they take counsel with other pastors. Should I say this? Is my congregation going to get all mad at me for saying they need to be in church every week? Are they going to start docking my pay? Are they going to take away my health insurance? Are they going to vote against something at the voters' assembly? Are they going to be up in arms that pastor is being too religious? It happens. It happens. Oh, pastor, that's just ridiculous. You don't understand the way the real world works. Pastor, you don't understand. That's just not the way my employer works. That's just not the way I can manage being on a sports team. I can't start on the position if I'm not in practice on Sunday. Or I can't go and and miss out on this tournament. I'm going to let my team down. Or pastor, you just don't understand this is my camping trip. I've been looking forward to this vacation all year. I mean, I've heard all of them. And if I've heard them, God has heard them a million times over. And God says, you can't do it. You can't do it. You'll grow to despise God. And you'll grow to love mammon Now, we've made choices in our life. I realize that. And it comes up a lot when people talk about tithing too, about giving to God. And they say, well, listen, I've made these choices. I've I've incurred so much debt. I can't begin to tithe that 10% or even more. Like, I really want to, Pastor. I understand what you're teaching about tithing. It is something the Christian should do as part of his life. But, Pastor, I realize that it's just... It's too much for me right now because I've made poor choices in the past. Okay, so how can you work towards walking in the Spirit, as St. Paul talks about? Walking in step with the Spirit. How can you start working towards that path? It starts with trying 3% or 4% or 5%, paying off those debts that you have. Or how does it start, you know, pastor, I've taken a job that requires me to work on Sundays, you know, 50% of the month. How can I work towards that? Well, maybe it's starting by having a conversation with your employer. Being filled with that boldness of Christ, who says that this is where you need to be. It's not an impossibility. It's not. Maybe it starts with being at the team and talking with your coach and being a Christian on the court or on the field and saying to the the teammates, listen, I'm a Christian first in this life and I know that's going to mean you're going to have to pick up. But listen, it's more important for me to have my eternity secured in Christ and be fed with his word and learn it and be fed with the body and blood of my savior than to be at this tournament. If that means I can't be on the team, then I'm gonna forfeit my position here because my savior is worth it Because of what Jesus did for me. We start somewhere. It's not impossible You know, Jesus doesn't say to not pick up a cross in life. He says to pick up the cross and follow me. He doesn't say, go ahead and do whatever you want and then come follow me. He says, leave it all behind and follow me. And we shouldn't be embarrassed to say that, especially not as a pastor, and I'm not. You know, you can come up here, you can shake my hands, they're dry. I know it's not easy to hear. But this is where you are to be. This is the best place for you. Because here, this is what Jesus has spoken today, for you to hear today. He addresses every worry and fear that you have in life. Because what is worry and fear? Worry and fear is just being afraid of man. Worry and fear is not being afraid of God. God, Jesus points you to the Father's promises. He says, look at the birds of the air. Look, they're not even doing anything for their work, for their food. And yet the Father takes care of them. He always provides for them. They get up every morning and sing to him a beautiful song. And they haven't even had their meal. And yet they still look forward to it coming from God's hand. And look at the the lilies of the field. Did they choose their colors? Did they come out in full vibrance on their own? No, God sent the sun to shine on them and the rain to water the earth to give them growth. And they didn't ask for it. And look at how God cares for them. And look at how God has cared for you. He has given you Christ, the very source of your treasure. He has given to you his undeserved love. He has sent Jesus to be the gift of mercy for you. Why do we struggle with our faith so much? To think that if God has given the blood of his only son spilled on the cross an innocent suffering and death that he will somehow not take care of us as we stand before the world and proclaim his name boldly or start on that walking with the Spirit in step. Not trying to pull away from the Spirit thinking we can serve two masters. Walking in step with the Spirit is not having that fear of man. What can they do to you? Why are you afraid of the one that can kill the body, but not as afraid of the one who can take your body and your soul and cast it into hell? I'm afraid of losing God. For without God, I don't have my source of joy. Without God, I wouldn't have my promise that my food is going to be taken care of and my clothing is going to be met even after preaching to you this sermon. (laughs) I'm not worried about it. I trust that God provides. Trust that God is faithful. And you know, maybe, especially with how much COVID has affected the nation right now, even within my own family. Should I fear my health, my body? Should my family fear our body's health? Why should we fear over our bodies? Isn't it God who rose from the dead? Isn't that the first hymn that we sang that I'm content my Jesus ever lives. I know that even if my body is destroyed and buried in the ground, it's a resting place. God will raise me up from the dead. I am an heir of eternal life. So what are you afraid of losing? You have to take an inventory. You have to think about it. Are you afraid of losing your house, your income, your car, your livelihood, your health, civilization in America, your family, your friends? The fear of losing those things always will lead to worry. And worry will make you fear men, not God. Now, I don't want you to leave here thinking that there is no hope. Because there is hope. God sets you free from worry. There will always be hope in Christ. Jesus here wants you to remember that. He wants you to see him in all things in your life, as you do good to everyone. If he blesses you with an abundance of goods in this life, your first thought shouldn't be, okay, my house is only worth 60000 I could now afford a $250,000 house. My, my car is only a $1,000 car. Now I need to buy a $50,000 car. The list goes on and on. Your first thought should be, how, how can I use what God has given me to support my friends and my family, His church? How can I use this to serve the good of those around me? You know, there are people in this life that are even going to say, well, you know, I, I just want enough to live comfortably. I don't want to be rich. I, you know, I wouldn't be very good at handling money. I don't want to be rich. I just want enough to live comfortably. But you know that just living comfortably is still serving mammon. Because it's this idea that I have just enough so that I don't have to depend on God alone. I don't have to depend on God to provide for my food or for my clothing or for my needs of my health and my body. We have to break away from that sort of thinking, that mentality, and instead... Not give ourselves over to this idea of, I need just enough. But to be content in what God has given us in Christ. To find ourselves always in Christ. He, our joy. He, our treasure. He, our life. He, our forgiveness. Him, our mercy. Him, our goodness. Our ultimate goodness. Christ our everything, the way, the truth, and the life. God comes here to shower down upon you His love and His promises. He wishes to clothe you, not just with the physical clothes, but with the clothes of righteousness and His Son. He wishes to feed you, not just with the perishing bread that will not be here tomorrow, but with the imperishable bread of his body and his blood for the forgiveness of your sins. He wishes to renew you in your body, not just to sustain you in this life which will have an end, but so that you will spend all eternity with Christ and with all the saints in glory. Do not doubt, but believe that God will not withhold from you any good thing. He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for you. Hold fast to God and consume every word he sends to feed you. Live for the holy things of God. Die for the holy things of God. Be committed in the faith. Start, if you have not already, walking in step with the Spirit of God. And the Lord will provide. I'm not just saying that as wishful thinking. Today, Jesus makes that clear to you. God will provide. Let tomorrow worry for itself trust in the lord today let your flesh your flesh rest in the hand of god and live in the spirit and do not fear god will provide in jesus name amen peace of God, which surpasses all our understanding, guard and keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus, our Lord.